0: Now our scripture reading this morning will be taken from the book of Acts, the 13th chapter, beginning with the 16th verse. The Apostle Paul is speaking and he is saying, Men of Israel and you who fear God, listen. The God of this people Israel chose our fathers and made the people great during their stay in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm he led them out from it. And for a period of about forty years he put up with them in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land as an inheritance, all of which took about four hundred and fifty years. And after these things he gave them judges until Samuel the prophet, And then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. And after he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king, concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. From the offspring of this man, according to the promise of God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus. Lord, help us to understand what we have read this morning about a way for us to live today. A young lady greatly distressed and found this life uh, that we have created for ourselves a very difficult one in which to live and to make sense of it I found herself uh, falling into depression and ones that uh, began to grow longer and deeper and so to think through this maze of things that we have gathered around us as supposed to give us life she came in and sat down and began to try to put her feelings and her th- uh, thoughts into words and in talking with her she said there's one thing in our family that we do not talk about and that is we do not talk about, I do not talk about my father. And only come to find, of course, this was a great part of her frustration and confusion in life. And it seems that her father deserted the family when she was very, uh, very young, even before she was able to really to know him. And he was one that had been imprisoned because of drugs and stealing, and one who was given to alcohol and all the other excesses of life. And It was no wonder that she said that she did not want to talk about her father. But what if you had a father like Solomon? And this young man had a father, and he was a leader of a gang of cutthroats and criminals, and he went out daily and regularly to raid defenseless and unfortunate towns, and pillaged them and in some cases he killed every living being within the town that he would take not only the men and women and children but he would kill their animals as well every living thing that he could find he would destroy it and in many situations he was completely uh, ruthless with his enemies he did not ask any quarters and he did not to give any if you wound up and as his enemy you had better be careful and he found it so easy to slip over and to slide by of the laws of God. And on more than one occasion, he broke them seemingly uh, deliberately. And we know on at least one great occasion when he should have been dressed in all of his dignity as a man could be dressed in, and to stand up right before God, we see him playing the part of a drunken fool, had overindulged uh, himself in alcohol of some kind. And then we find Solomon's father was a man that on many occasions seemingly did not have too high regard for human life, and he could deal in human flesh in a very cheap and inconsiderate way. How would you like to have a father like that? Well, you know, one of the great kings of Israel had such a father as that. And I was more than a young preacher before I read in the book of Acts. I knew David long before I knew this was in God's word and this to be a truth that I read to you this morning. I was astounded and amazed when I read in the book of Acts for the first time. And I can almost remember the first time that I read it. That how amazed that I was that God would say of David, I have found David, the son of Jesse a man after my heart. And immediately I began to think, well, I knew that God could not bless this man for the things that he had done that he had no business doing, the excess living that he was involved in. And I thought to myself, there must be some really fantastic, redeeming qualities about David for God to have said this through a man long after he had left the scene. And folks, they're there. And I think that these redeeming qualities of David are ones that we need to look at, because here is why God blessed this man. He blessed him in spite of this evil living that he was caught up in from time to time. And if there be a message it is here for you and for me today, because what this man had that God loved, and we have an opportunity for today today too and I want for us as we think together just briefly now I want to think about these qualities of life that this man possessed they're not in order that is the first one is not necessarily first after I had written this out and thought about it I think that I would have put one of the others first instead of the one that I have but think about this you see David had oh I know this is the reason God loved him he had a burning desire for life he really wanted to live of course, that is what got him in trouble from time to time, too. But this man, this young man, this very young man, when he was out there on the pasture and on the hillside, the mountainside, taking care of his father's flock and watching the sheeps and the goats and keeping the animals off of him, you, you just, even reading that and scanning this man's life after he grew to be a man, you knew even back then that there was one thing that burnt brightly in the heart of David. And that is, whether you find him out there on the plains, out there on the fields, watching the flock of his fathers and his family, that was a burning desire for him to live. The word of God that we find in the Psalms. I know where they came from. They're born out there on that plain, just God and David alone with those animals. And here's where he learned to play the harp. It was out there that he learned to be a musician when he was alone with God. And you can see by his desire to live, he wasn't out there thinking, oh, moaning his misfortune. He had other brothers. He was the youngest brother, in fact, you remember. And he wasn't groaning about his misfortune of being out there when the other brothers could help out, but they would not come out and help him out. And thinking about his misfortune and grumbling about what happened to him and how things had befallen him. And oh, woe unto the day. You don't see that from this boy, no, this man. Because, you see, he had a burning desire to live. And so he made the most of the opportunity that he had. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you and I But come to the place where we too, right where you are, right now, if you would be able to see something of the awesomeness of the possibilities that you have to honor yourself, to dress yourself properly before God, and to act upright before him the way that you ought to, doing exactly what you're doing right now. And when God is ready for you to be changed, dear friends, let me say to you that he's going to see to it that it comes about. Now, I think I would have put this one first. He had a burning desire to live. I would put this over that one. David had a sense of the divine presence of God. He was aware of the providential care of a living God. Or to put it another way, he knew that he was in the hand of a living God. He knew that when he was just a boy attending the flock. He knew that. This is why this young man wasn't afraid of anything. Why do you need to be afraid of anything when you know that you have a living God? He was not afraid. In fact, when he stood before Saul, the king, on one occasion, you know, he told him, he says, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of that giant out there. That's giving us a bad time. He says, I remember back when I was tending my father's flock. A bear came out of the woods, and, and a lion came out on another occasion. And I ran the bear off, and he says, I grabbed the lion by its chin whiskers, and I slayed the thing and rescued the lamb that it was trying to carry off. Well, what do you have to be afraid of if you really know that you have a living God? And you know, I asked the question, how did David come about this beautiful knowledgeable wisdom and understanding that he had. Now I would have to guess that, of course, part of it came from a home situation. Seemingly, he had a nice home. Jesse, his father, was a man orientated toward God, and I'm quite sure that this was part of the the training of David. But, I am led to believe that, in fact, we know that David was a very sensitive man. And I am led to believe that he looked around him. And he was able to see what his people taught him to believe, the Jewish people and the people of God, that if they were blessed with possessions, that meant that they had found favor with God. Now, I'm not quite sure that that can hold in every situation. But for them, this is what they believed. And I believe David looked around him, and he saw what God had given to him. And he concluded even at a very young age that he and his people were the apple of the Lord's eye. Now, folk, you look around yourself, and what is it that God has given to you? With home, He has blessed you with bounty like he has blessed no other people. And I am quite sure that David out there, when he became conscious of the divine presence of God, and that he was in the hand of a living God, that he had strength of being like you wouldn't believe. It is no wonder that he could stand up to the bear and to the lion and to anything else that would come along because he knew God and he knew that God was with him and that God loved him and that somewhere somehow some way that he was figured into whatever in the infinite mind of God that he had planned somehow some way he knew that he was part of that and in the midst of that Now do you know that do you know this morning that you are in the midst of the creative, divine will of God. I hope that you do. And then this man lived with enthusiasm. Well, why not? Why not? He had a God that he could depend on. He had a God that he could count on. He had a God that he knew would not forsake him I would not leave him. Now I want you to think with me this morning. What is it that we have that David didn't know anything about? If David could do this in direct relationship with God, knowing what he knew about God, how much more can you and I depend upon God today because we know more about him? And that is because we know Christ, his perfect revelation to you and to me that he gave to us so many years ago. And now we're entering into that part of the year where we celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world we have a savior second thing we have we not only have a savior but we have a lord he is our lord we do figure into his plans we are part of his plans. he has a part and place for us in his divine kingdom thirdly and david was only a little aware of this where you and I are mightily aware of this one, and that is God has given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, to empower, to enable, to give to us, to equip us, in order that we might be able to be that total person today that we need to be, whatever that might mean to you, or whatever it means to you, what you need in order to be the total, complete person that God intended for you to be. My friend, if this man of long ago could live with enthusiasm, how much more can you and I live today? And then David was a man of action. He did not let things, objects, he did not make excuses, he did not let anything stand in his way of being what God wanted him to be. And I remember on that beautiful occasion when he went out to see his brothers, and they were locked in battle with the Philistines. And over on the hill, separated by a valley, was Goliath the giant. And he was making all kinds of fun of the people of God. And you remember when this young man went up to see his brothers that were fighting in the army, that they wondered what he was doing there and made fun of him and told him to go home and mind his business. But when he saw this giant out there on the hill and how it was in God's people, that he decided that it's time for him to take a hand. And you remember the story, you know it all too well, that he killed this giant. But it's interesting to know why he killed this giant. He killed this giant because it was saying something about his God and his people that did not and could not be tolerated. And so he was a man of action. And where he saw where things needed to be done, he went into action in the name of God and saw that they were done. He had a fierce loyalty to God. A fierce loyalty. Well, why not? This man had the unique ability of understanding and knowing, really knowing that everything that he had came from God. Whether it was a possession, whether it was his strength, his health, his life, Of whatever he had that was good he knew that this came from god and he had this fierce loyalty to and toward his god even so much so that on one occasion when he was told by nathan that he was a great sinner now he was king at that time you remember And David had the absolute power of a potentate. He's all he would have had to have done, to have said to his guards, that guard the palace, take Nathan out there, regardless of whether he's a priest or not, and lift his head. And that would have been done. But if you want to see the character of the man that God loved, though he was a sinner, and had sinned, and had broken the law of God, instead of him saying to Nathan and to the guards to do this, you remember that in essence what David did. He fell upon his knees before God and Nathan and pleaded for God's mercy. And if you want to find his plea, you will turn to the book of the Psalms, uh, the 51st Psalm. And let me read part of it to you. This is David's cry as he has been told that he is a sinner. Be gracious to me, O God, according to thy love and kindness. According to the greatness of thy compassion, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sins. For I know my transgression, as my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done that is evil in thy sight. So that thou art justified when thou dost speak, and blameless when thou dost judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, thou dost desire truth in the inward being, and in the hidden part thou wilt make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all of my iniquities. This is David's plea to God when his sins caught up with him. Oh, this is why God loved this man. It's no question about that. I'm not sure I have them in the right order. But I know that here is why God loved this man, because when he realized that he had made a mistake and he had been offensive, that he was not too proud to fall on his knees before God and to plead for his forgiveness. And in the last place, David had the uncanny sense and ability to know that he was part of a people of God. He knew that he was part of a people of God that were in a covenant relationship with God. God had made an agreement with them, so to speak, a covenant relationship. God had initiated the covenant. He knew that his life was tied up with the people of God, and these people of God had a destiny of greatness with God. And you and I belong to a church. And Jesus said he brought a new covenant uh, from God, and we have entered into that covenant relationship with him. Are you aware of the fact that you stand today in a relationship with God that was brought about through this agreement between God and man? initiated by the Lord and brought to perfection and to completion in the Lord Jesus Christ? We do have. Are you aware of the fact that you stand uniquely in the family of God? And this relationship, this church, this body of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God has told us through Christ that he will not forsake, he is not going to leave it, and in fact that one day he's going to return and the thing he's going to return for is those who belong to the family of God and that's the church. If David was aware of this unique relationship with his people and his God, how much more you and me today? Now, folks, I have said everything that I've said this morning to call your attention to this one fact listen carefully everything everything that I have mentioned about that David had are the reason why I feel and I think that God blessed David and found him to be one that he could say a man after my own heart is found in what I have said to you now I want to say that everything that God gave to David to make him aware of the fact of who he was and what he was and the uniqueness of his position in his kingdom has been given to you everything even more so even more so David was only vaguely aware of ever that God would send one like the Lord Jesus Christ David was only vaguely aware of the empowering the infilling of the Holy Spirit that has been committed and given to you and to me today and you see what has been given to us and what God has prepared for us. This is wisdom and knowledge and understanding that you and I can have today. And everything that he gave to David, he has not denied it to you and to me today. God has prepared in a most wonderful, a most beautiful, and a most fantastic way for you and me today for us to live and to have life. And, dear friends, it is not something of speculation, but it is a beautiful, wonderful reality. It can be. It has been confirmed and and by the Lord Jesus Christ, his coming, and the giving of the Holy Spirit. Yes, a man after the heart of God could be said and should be said, of each one of us here this morning. What more can God do for you to have life than he's already done and is doing at this very moment for each one of us? Oh, our Father, may we see, especially this time of the year, something of the awesomeness of what has been given to us when we think about the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we, through thy Holy Spirit and the knowledge that we have, make the most of our opportunities today, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of his words, finishing the work he started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.